we've learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, is that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead. Well, we have made it uh, to all of our great listeners, our fellow Americans, and all of our terrific listeners around the world. The 100th Q&A here on America Out Loud Pulse. And we started this journey right in the very heat, the, the, the heart, and really the heat as well of COVID. When people were looking for answers, a lot of questions, but there were no answers being provided by government agencies, officials, and uh, this was a problem. It's a, a big void out there. It's a vacuum, if you will. And that was what we tried to do here early, early on here. Big program ahead, my friends. Welcome aboard here to America Out Loud Pulse again. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here, along with my co-host. Dr. Peter McCullough, I can't believe we made it to 100. 100. And I said to you just before the mic came on, I said to you, maybe we'll live that long. Who knows, right? If we take the healthy cell, we might, right? The Copex. <laughs> we're going to go as long as we can. And we're just so appreciative yeah. to our listeners and our fans out there that have stuck with us. And you're right. Nobody from the public health sphere of anywhere around the world was, was answering people's questions for the last four years. And that's where we stepped in. We took matters into our own hands. And with you, our audience, we've done our best to bring you the truth. Yeah, we have indeed. And I've been very proud of this uh, broadcast, this production, and all of our work in the expansion uh, on the site at America Brown Now. It's been quite a movement, friends, quite a movement indeed. What we're going to do today is let me lay out the label of land here. We're going to jump right into the questions. I promise you we do that. And I said coming on with... Uh, Dr. McCullough, I said, we, I want to get right to the questions today. But I tell you what, we got this other great story uh, in the second part. Right when we come back from the pause, before we get some of the questions, I want to hit on this because it's a bit of good news. And, uh, and it's a landmark COVID vaccine injury win. We'll tell you all about that a little bit later in the broadcast. Let's jump right in now with some great questions that you all sent in for this program, for the 100th, and you all put that in your notes, and we're going to get to them right now. First one is from Lee. Uh, Dear Malcolm and Dr. Peter McCullough, thank you for always speaking the truth and keeping up the good fight. You both are voices for those of us who are not in a position to reach people. My question is about childhood vaccines. My child was given the normal vaccines in 2017. Sadly, before I knew the truth of any of these vaccines, he received the first sets and he was to have the five-year school boosters and I refused to give him any more. Me and my family will never take another shot. Uh, my question is, how many childhood vaccines are enough for protection? Will he have any protection from the ones he's had or do you have to complete the series before you have any uh, protection from these vaccines? So she's she's fearful of the word vaccine, uh, period, Dr. McCullough. Well, the childhood vaccine schedules have, you know, really a battery of vaccines that are against illnesses that now are largely legacy illnesses or easily treated. For instance, we have little or no polio exposure or diphtheria, tetanus, pertussis, haemophilus influenza B. Uh, you know, we can go down the line. So, uh, but with any routine childhood vaccine injection, there is partial immunity that's basically, you know, granted by these. 
And uh, even if a full series isn't achieved, there is some immunity there. The World Council for Health says now, particularly since COVID-19 vaccines have been added into the schedule, and now even the use of Bay Fortis, which is a monoclonal antibody with no safety testing given uh, newborns at the first day of birth and then after eight months, that things have gone too far. So the World Council for Health says right now it's fine to defer on any more vaccines hmm. until we can you know, get some clarity on what's really needed, what's not. So I think this parent is fine. Right yeah. now, the child does have partial protection. Remember, severe illnesses like diphtheria, pertussis, they're all readily treatable with antibiotics. Okay. Well, remember, I said quite some time ago, actually, that this was going to become a very fearful campaign because they 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 brutalized and destroyed the word vaccine, Dr. McCullough, totally destroyed. I don't know how that ever comes back uh, because it's it's just been exploited so badly that people size that up to even the childhood vaccines, right or wrong, right? It's true. And there's no risk stratification. So let's say this child is a normal child. That means there's essentially no threat of any of these diseases, Malcolm, right. none. Right. But what if, what if a child was born with severe cystic fibrosis and was on oxygen and had very limited lung capacity? Different story. Different story. If that yeah. child got diphtheria pertussis, that could be it. So yeah. I'd have a very different view if there was chronic lung disease or congenital mm -hmm. heart disease or uh, a congenital diaphragmatic hernia and the lungs can't expand. So if we took a rational approach and just gave people who needed the vaccines, mm -hmm. specific vaccines to give them targeted protection, I think no one would have a problem. So for instance, today I saw a man who uh, had his spleen removed because he had gotten into a four-wheeler accident. Well, once the human spleen is removed, let me tell you what, there can be big trouble yeah. with what's called encapsulated organisms, pneumococcus, Homophilus influenza B. And I asked him specifically, had you been uh, you know, appropriately vaccinated? So he would be somebody who I would suggest vaccination. But the point is, Malcolm, it can't be one size fits all. Now we're going to have to move into much more targeted use of vaccines. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I had a friend who had the spleen removed. It's not pleasant. And you are susceptible to everything at that point. You're exactly right. It's not, uh, not a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, this next one's from Mary. Uh, she says, I suspect that many people submit questions with some anger attached to them. My question now with anger and disbelief attached <laughs> is about the BSL-4 labs all over the world that are working to create the next pandemic. What can we do to eliminate them? Where or how can our voices be used to shut these places down before more of the human race is lost? Please help us do this. We've enjoyed uh, and learned so much from these Q&As, and I've listened to them all. Thank you, Malcolm and Peter. Here's to the next 100. <laughs> I would say let's shut them down locally. I think everybody ought to be asking a question. Are there any of these BSL-4 labs in my backyard? So as you're dealing with your representatives, your city council, your university, um, <clears throat> various boards, uh, I think it's a very fair request to say, do we have any gain-of-function research and do we have biosecurity uh, labs at level one, two, three, and four? Now, one and two is like a simple chemistry or biology lab, organic chemistry. Uh, level three is the Wuhan lab. That's when SARS-CoV-2 was created there. Level four is wearing hazmat suits and, <clears throat> and pappers. But the point is, 
the the federal government has not banned gain-of-function research. They're only banning funding of -of gain-of-function research. So if the Gates Foundation wants to come in and fund the local university to do BSL level for gain-of-function research, it's game on, and the university is taking this money. I think that's where people need to work. They need to be express their concerns locally. I mentioned this in the Arizona Senate. I'm on a standing meeting, and uh, the universe, the representatives there, they were clueless. They had no idea of what research was being done right in their own backyard. Yeah, yeah. A lot of us don't know. Uh, it's done out of secrecy, and people not paying attention. I've seen some of those old warehouse uh, places that are being used for. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. For these kinds of things, and they're right in neighborhoods. Nobody even knows they're there. Some of these things, so uh, it's a very dangerous situation. Um, and I agree with you, Mary. There has to be, and, and we'll keep talking about this and work on something. But I've been very outspoken about these labs all over the world, frankly, that our government has their hands in, supposedly to prevent things. But as Dr. McCullough and I've talked about before, uh, they're used for nefarious purposes, as we've seen just here happen. So it, it is got to be a movement behind this. And I like your idea of start locally and getting loud, getting out loud about it. That's what's got to happen here. <laughs> That's what's got to happen. Yeah, we've got to get out loud about it. This next one's from Anne. She says, uh, Malcolm and Dr. McCullough, I absolutely cannot thank you enough for your tireless service to humanity during these very troubling times. I honestly don't know where we would all be without the bravery and knowledge that you've so generously provided these last few years. Your bravery has helped many others be brave. And that is huge as well. My question is, since the natokinase is known to degrade the spike protein, would it be fair to say that taking it would be prophylactic against acquiring the coronavirus or at least reducing the viral load? There's one paper that supports that. Now it's a preclinical laboratory study. But when SARS-CoV-2 was introduced into like a lab- laboratory petri plate that had natokinase in it, it stripped off the spike protein. So the virus became basically a naked ball and the virus couldn't do anything. So it's a wonderful idea. Uh, It could be a benefit of taking natokinase chronically, Malcolm, is that you're protected against invasive SARS-CoV-2. And, you know, now that I think about it, the patients who are on detox, they aren't getting recurrent COVID-19. So I think it's a brilliant thought. Yeah, no, I like the sound of this very much. Uh, and in fact, I was telling somebody the other day, Natokinase comes from Japan. Uh, mm-hmm. And we know they they live beautiful lives out there, long lives. Uh, it, much of, a lot of Japan, some of those areas out there are uh, considered the blue zones, you know, where people live longer, right? Yeah, That's right. The Japanese can expect to live, you know, well into their 80s on average. Many live over 100. Remember, Natokinase has been used there for a thousand years. They eat it for wow. breakfast. It's a fermentation product of soy. It's been available as a capsule for 30 years. Malcolm, it works to reduce blockages, blockages in the major blood vessels like the carotid arteries, the coronary arteries. It's anti-atherosclerotic, but in a different way than a cholesterol-lowering medicine. So many patients with atherosclerosis wow. now, with they've had a heart bypass surgery, a stenting. Uh, they've had an uh, you know, ischemic stroke from the, the carotids. They are benefiting based on what we know about the data, by using natokinase, which they're using for spike or vaccine detoxification. Well, I learned something new today for sure, because I did not know any of that. And I I didn't realize that it went that far. But I got to tell you what I should probably have for breakfast tomorrow uh, is natokinase. Now, my wife, Dee, will not be happy with me, though, Peter, if I say that. (laughs) Malcolm, have you tried to eat it? I haven't tried to eat it, but apparently its palatability is low. You really have to have the Japanese 
taste buds. Now, I have taken the Nettokine supplement. I tell you right now, the main thing to tell our listeners is take it without food. Make sure you take it on an empty stomach. Is that right? Yeah, if you take natokines with food, it tends to actually digest in the food stream and and some people can cause diarrhea. So you really want to take it without food to get its maximum systemic absorption and have the best effect in the body. Right. And I think a lot of things I've gotten the feeling are like that, what you just said, by the way, and I've discovered that over time. So I'm, I'm kind of conscious of it now. So I don't take a lot of these things when I'm eating before, quite after I take them right in the middle. Like, so I'm, you know, my system is, is that, and that's the way to do it probably, isn't it? I guess. For, for supplements. Yeah. Supplements right, in general right. do better on an empty stomach. A lot of medicines do better with food right? because it reduces the, the kind of GI irritability of medication. So for instance, I had a patient today really could not tolerate hydroxychloroquine because it just it kind of makes people feel nauseated. I said, take it with food. If people say they can't eat much or they're not hungry, the go-to food to take medicine with that helps it reduce its, you know, kind of GI effects, applesauce. Applesauce? Yes. It's the go-to. Anybody taking a lot of medicines always have a jar of applesauce, Malcolm. It helps in a pinch. If you need to get something down and tolerate it, take it with some applesauce. Oh, interesting. I think my grandmother did that, actually. I remember somebody in the, yeah, somebody in the family did that with the applesauce. Yeah. I, I never really did. I've never done it, but they, they did the applesauce thing, yeah, to take yeah, all their things. Go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some people don't like to take pills and that kind of thing. I just swallow them and be done with it, man. Although I like the healthy cell because you just squeeze that tube in your mouth. I just took some before I came on air with you. Uh, Which one do you I, take? Uh, well, I took the heart, uh, the heart and vascular yeah. system one. Yeah. But, you know, Dee is loving this, uh, loving this. And she's very particular, man. I have to tell you, really particular, far more than I am about these things. Uh, she's taken this uh, this vibrant. Remember I told you about this? I think it was last week, week before. Vibrant here, skin and nails. She loves it. Wow. She said wow. her nails are this. I mean, she's taken it for now a few weeks already. The nails are stronger. The hair growth. I mean, she's loving it, loving it. I uh, mean, she take and she doesn't like to take anything unless I put it in front of her. Uh, and she takes this like I have nothing to do with it because I don't really do vibrant hair, skin and nails. So it's not something I take, but she's on it, man. <laughs> she's on it. She loves it. Well, uh, I'm but- sure our lady listeners will prick up. I got to mention that to my wife. Uh, but you know, the healthiest outline is 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 really just kind of this quick go. It's like if you're on the go. Uh, today, I, po- I popped the Immune Super Boost and the Healthy Heart, and it was go. I had to get in the car. I had to go to work, and it's just, you know, it kind of gives you that pulse that you need. I recommended it to a patient today who's really struggling with fatigue. You know which one I recommended? Focus and Recall. I think Focus and Recall really do give people a pop in the morning. Yeah, people love it. People love it. The the uh, focus and recall. I've got people on the network here who swear by it. I don't take it myself. Uh, probably I could use a little more focus, but I'm doing the best I can. And uh, but I know a lot of people take it and they love it. The Paul Engel, the Constitution Study, swears by it, uh, and others do it. They mention it all the time. You know, you can take so much of this. I'm not going to take everything and be a walking uh, whatever. But the immune super boost. By the way, you asked me what I took today. I took that one as well, and I like that one because that one's got the. Uh, that one's got all of it. That's got the elderberry. That's got the echinacea, the phytonutrients, mm. uh, the vitamin D. Uh, that's got just everything in there, and that's powerful. Uh, and so, and anyways, I love this line as well. It's it's just an amazing line that we're pleased to have as a partner here. So let me keep going here. This next one's from Bill. 
He says, question for the 100th show. Why is so much made of an accidental lab release of COVID and so little as it possibly being an act of stealth war on the world? It's a profound question. It is. It gets down to this uh, issue of motivation. Can we actually find motive? And it's been so hard. You know, no one's cracked on this to really tell us what the motive is. And so we keep probing around the edges. It's becoming very clear. It was a joint U.S.-Chinese collaboration. There was an NGO EcoHealth Alliance involved. More and more emails come out. Um, on my Courageous Discourse Substack, uh, there was an email uh, written, uh, email featured uh, by Dr. Ralph Barrick. And, and the one observation people have made is when the COVID-19 pandemic came out, we knew it was a SARS-CoV-2 virus. Ralph Barrick, who's at the UNC of Chapel Hill, and Peter Daszak at the EcoHealth Alliance, they didn't express alarm over trying to find the origin of the virus. Their emails were all concerned about how do we cover this up? Yeah. And it's been that way till today, till this very well, I mean, moment that, that of time. should tell you something, right? Yeah, so, exactly you know, right. when it first came out, the question I had is, well, where did this come from and how did it happen? Yeah. These guys, their yeah. very first emails were, well, how do we cover this up? Yeah. So, I mean, that should tell you something right there. These guys were in on the creation of SARS-CoV-2. Their very first reaction, the very first sets of communications were, oh boy, we're in trouble. How do we start to cover our behinds on this? Yeah, if you follow a lot of the narratives and narratives we've talked about on this broadcast, in fact, over the last few years, Peter, I mean, that's I can understand Bill's question uh, very clearly. I mean, that maybe the emphasis has been put there, but this really was an act of stealth war on the world. And the cover up, as you say, that happened to, you know, took place. And now still today, they're still admitting, they're still dodging, they're still running. You see Fauci on the stand, still same, same story. They're sticking to it. But I think the evidence clearly shows differently, doesn't it? You know, right? It's true that people have stuck to the storyline sooner yeah. or later, Malcolm. <clears throat> you know how these things go. That's right. Remember Iran-Contra. And just remember all That's these right. various things that happen. Sooner or later, someone's going to crack. What goes around comes around, Peter, in this world. Mm -hmm. I do believe that to be true. Uh, it, you, it does happen that way. So, all right, this next one is from Latin Lady. Okay. And she says, we respectfully submit the following questions for your 100th show. God bless you all for speaking the truth. And here it is. Do you know what percentage of the U.S. population did not take the vaccine? I did not take it. My family siblings are split. Some did, some didn't. And trying to talk to them early on in the pandemic about the questionable safety of the vaccines has only torn our family apart. Such heated discussions. In any case, all I can do is pray for my family members who took it. One of my brothers sadly took the four shots and he died a couple of months ago of stage mm. four cancer. We are praying that the, the who is not successful and become the global tyrant over the entire global global hell. Um, and she talks about don't countries vote on this in May 24. And she's right. It is May 24. There is a vote, I believe, happening in the World Health Organization, if I recall, Peter. I believe that's the case. Mm -hmm. uh, if this happens and another pandemic hits the world, the who can mandate and force everybody to do whatever, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so her first question, what percentage of the U.S. population did not take the vaccine? You, What is that number? 25% unvaxxed. 25%. I thought it was, I, I said 20. Okay, 25. All right, unvaxxed. So, so 75 took the vaccine. 
at least one shot. That's according to the COVID Community States Program. CDC is not reliable. CDC is saying 92% of Americans took a vaccine. It's wow. not the case. And even the COVID States report, Harvard in Northeastern said the CDC inflated it because they're double counting people who lost a vaccine card. If you have to start a new vaccine card, you start as a new patient. So, so they even lie about the numbers of people who were vaccinated. Yeah. They lie about everything. Yeah. I mean, you can't believe them. That's why I don't believe anything they say. All right, there's other thing about the, uh, the 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 World Health Organization, which you and I, we've been very outspoken about this and our network and Dr. Peter Bregan has and this uh, everybody on this platform has been. Uh, have Any more you hear about that coming, as she's saying? May, May 24 is, I believe, I'm pretty sure, looking up right now, but that is when they, the world hopes to enact a pandemic treaty by May 24. Yeah, it is accurate. Right, that's accurate. Now, uh, Tedros, who's leading the WHO, is out this week saying, um, people misunderstand this. This is not going to railroad people into <laughs> subjugation. And uh, this is misinformation and conspiracy theorists. And, you know, the guy can barely pronounce these words. And um, uh, and he goes, he goes, and the reason why this is not just an authoritarian takeover is that you're going to help us write this. Uh, if you sign on to it. So he makes it sound like, you know, well, we're going to be able to all work together. And I tell you what, I was on national TV and somebody asked my reaction to it. I said, you know what? He has not reassured me. Hmm. And Malcolm, I'd say this much. This is not reassuring at all. Uh, the WHO wants a total world domination. They want to dominate all plants, animals, and humans. Hmm. You can already see what's happening. They're pressuring the European Commission uh, European Commission is trying to reduce uh, arable farming land in the Netherlands, Ireland, and Germany. I don't know if you've seen these pictures, Malcolm. The German farmers are out there. They're split. They're they're spraying, yeah. you know, cow dung on the uh, the government buildings. And they're shutting down the yeah, highways. They're, they're ripping, the Europeans are ripping pissed about this, and they're pushing yes, back but, several but times. But that's an example of yeah. what's going on. The WHO. Yeah. EU, they're all aligned. They actually want this kind of global takeover. The claim is too many carbon emissions from the cows, Malcolm. Not not automobiles, but from cows. Exactly. Yeah. No, we've seen it. They, they've 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 held up uh, highways, super highways. They have blocked mm -hmm. things. They've done all kinds of things to stop it, uh, to try to get attention. And uh, so, uh, I, you know, I I don't. Well, because it's hard to say. I mean, I'm I'm not thinking that it's. I, I don't think our government's going to jump and jump in with this thing. Have you heard anything differently on that? Yes, I mean Biden's agreed agreed to it. I wrote my uh, representative Colin Allred in Dallas. He wrote me a two page letter back. Listen, the Democrats uh, and the House of Representatives for sure in the executive branch, they're signing on to this. You think they'd approve now, this? Yes, they're going to approve it. Now, uh, President, uh, former President Trump is saying, listen, he's been very clear on this. If he gets elected, he's pulling us out of the WHO and he'll stop all the American funding. The well, WHO. he started to do that before he left office. He, he right. Did, but I'm, I'm just telling you, yeah. you, you know, you're, if right. you're trying to sort out, sort things out. In my view as a doctor, that's the right move. Pull out of the WHO. Yeah, you're exactly right. And no, your point about Trump is exactly right. He did say that then, and he has said that now. Mm -hmm. And but I didn't. I, I still feel like our government can't pull the lever on that. I, I think it would get held up somewhere. I I, I certainly know a lot of our uh, representatives on the right side of the aisle will not approve this at all. They're dead set against it, Peter. 
you know. Well, here's the thing. I mean, I've you know, and I've said, listen, I, I'm I wouldn't abide by what they tell me to do in my clinical practice. Amen. Amen. I think a lot of states wouldn't abide on this. So let's say let's say there's a pandemic. There's a disease X pandemic. And the World Health Organization declares a disease X pandemic and they demand a worldwide lockdown in every country and in every state. The first thing you do is you're going to see some states like Texas and Florida say, we're not locking down. Sorry. And the WHO is going to say, well, it's binding by international law. And then we're going to get into this giant standoff. And you can see it happening. This is probably yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Well, you may be right. I mean, I don't discount anything you just said. Uh, it cannot be trusted. And uh, the world is a crazy place right now. It's hard to say what yeah. happens next, really, truly. Um, all right. Let's. Uh, this one's from Michelle from Syracuse. Hello, Malcolm and Dr. McCullough, my heroes. This is a different type of question. How does one find a trusted psychiatrist, psychologist, when the American Psychiatric Association is so corrupt, just like the AMA and APA. What do you suggest to Michelle? Wow, we should call Jordan Peterson up in Canada. Now, he's a psychologist, not a psychiatrist. Uh, or Peter Bregan in the United States. Well, Peter would right. agree with what she said, by the way. He oh, yes. would agree with that statement. Yeah. Yes, but you know what? The, the prima facie example of the psychiatry world now is actually transgender where the psychiatrists have signed off on, you know, the first treatment of a young transgender boy or girl is to start puberty blockers and do surgery. Insane. Yes, as opposed to cognitive behavioral therapy. So the house of medicine's on fire for sure for psychiatry. You know, I, I would, you know, trust it. Your trusted physicians in the network, find ones who, um, who can get you the right referrals. And, uh, you know, Peter Bregan's our source here on America yeah. Out Loud, you know, news platform. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, and, and I'm going to flag that question right now. And I'm going to talk to Peter about this, uh, Dr. Peter Bregan. And uh, maybe, you know, maybe we, you and I will have him, maybe it'd be kind of cool to get him on our edition of Pulse. We haven't done that. And talk about that and what he knows lately about the WHO pandemic, you know, the treaty. He's all over that stuff, the globalism stuff, you know. That's mm -hmm. that's his, uh, a bellywick, isn't it, you know? Uh, area of expertise. Uh, this next one is from Molly, uh, Malcolm and Dr. McCullough. W okay, so here you go. What shocked you the most during the COVID-19 pandemic? What made you the most upset? Let's start there. So what, what shocked you the most and what made you the most upset both? What shocked me the most <clears throat> was the failure of doctors to treat sick patients and let them get, get hospitalized and die. Okay. All right. And, you know, I will say to you back, uh, and that's true, but what shocked me the most is how people went along with it mm. and threw their lives uh, at risk uh, for these jobs and colleges and things of this nature. That's what shocked me, that people I even knew and never thought they would do that did it. They succumbed to the pressure of it, sadly, based on a lot of heated pressure. And uh, we all have that, but some of us stood back. 25% of the country said, no way, no how. And that's what shocked me uh, the most. Um, here's the second part of that question. If you could go back to the beginning, what would you have done differently? Back, back to the beginning of COVID, she's saying. And, and uh, anything differently? I mean, knowing what's happened over the last few years, Peter, what do you say to that? If I could do things over with, again, Malcolm, For COVID, I yeah. would have paid attention 
to this whole field of biological uh, threats and countermeasures. I would have been paying attention to um, what was going on in this kind of military biological space. I was complete wasn't even on my radar screen. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the U.S. military trying to develop RNA vaccines in 2012, the Johns Hopkins seminar in 2017 saying there's going to be a coronavirus pandemic. Fauci in 2016 says there will be a pandemic in uh, Trump's administration time, that four years. We should have been all over that. I should have been researching. What is he talking about? What does he mean? What's going on at Johns Hopkins? Event 201 in 2019. I still wasn't paying attention. This one they do right in front of us and say there's going to be a coronavirus pandemic. We're going to shut down the economy. We're going to censor social media. They bring over the Chinese CDC director, George Gao, April, April Haynes, who's the director of our national intelligence. They're all there doing this um, exercise, telling yeah. us what's exactly going to happen. And that's the the point I'm saying all this, Malcolm, is that yeah. if I would have been, been paying attention, I could have been out there in the media way ahead of this. But do you know why of- you didn't? You know why that happened, though? Because for, for real, I love, I appreciate what you just shared with us, seriously. But you know why? Because... It was unprecedented. It was unbelievable. You couldn't. It was. It, it was about impossible to wrap your arms or your mind around mm-hmm. what was taking place, Peter. That's why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I. I'm just saying. If I could relive things, but the reason why, well, say, what are you going to do differently now? Listen, yeah. I'm all over disease acts. Amen. I am all over anything that's being messaged right uh, now. Yeah. We're all over the WHO, right? We're yeah. not asleep on this one. No. No. So the point is. Uh, we've been woke. Everyone's basically had an awakening now. Yeah. This has influenced our lives. You know, people message me every day, Malcolm, they've lost loved ones. Uh, this is, uh, you know, permanently changed people's lives. We are on offense, not defense. Yeah, I love it. Love, love, love what you're saying. And if I was going to change anything from the beginning, it would have been when you all started talking about, or this is before I had COVID, before my wife had COVID, before we went through this horrible situation we went through personally. And for those of you who don't know, I mean, we, I come just super close to losing my wife uh, forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was right at the end of the rope. And by God's grace, we somehow prevailed this storm. Thanks to the people of support around me, like Dr. McCullough, like Dr. Henry Eatley, like Dr. John Littell, uh, like Dr. Peter Bregan, like so many others who were just voices of uh, so helpful. I mean, wow. But you know, if I could have changed anything back from the beginning to what I know now, it would have been I would have listened to the words early treatment, early treatment, early treatment. Not for us, not not for me, because we did the early treatment. It would have been for our listening audience. I would have understood the severity of what that meant. I heard it many times in my ears, but I, I didn't catch it to the that it was life-threatening to the degree that it was when early treatment was said. And that's what I would have changed, uh, Dr. McCullough. Yep. Yep. I think everybody out there is probably saying, you know what, we could have been better prepared. Yeah. Yeah. And if something rolls down in the future, maybe, you know, having a little bit more savings, being a little in a little better shape, a little better health, uh, various, you know, wellness company has a medical emergency kit. Maybe it's time to actually be prepared because when they shut down the clinics and they shut down the hospitals and the medicines weren't getting filled uh, people were harmed by this. And I, I again, I think people are going to be prepared next time. Let's hope there isn't a ne- next time. But if there is, we're going to be ready. That's right. That's right. Okay. Uh, now, 
So I mentioned up front to you all about a good story, and it is it is very interesting though the story, and it, it's about um, it's a landmark uh, COVID vaccine injury win, and I'm we're going to tell you when we come back from the pause we're going to hit that story. Now we'll do it succinctly because I want to. I got a lot of. We're going to get back to the questions, and I promise to get as many of these in today's broadcast, and we're going to do that today. Um, so I, we're, we're going to do that, and I've got several here that we're ready to flow with here, and we'll tell you about this story. Let me also mention a couple of things uh, here that uh, we've mentioned a couple of products uh, already, and I think most of you know that when you go to the shop, americaoutloud.shop, use the code OUTLOUD to get the negotiated discounts. That is that is the deal here. When we create these relationships, these long-term relationships with these companies and these, these groups here, it is based on the fact that we have vetted the products. We like them. We use them ourselves. That's number one. Uh, always do your own research. Check things out yourself. All the products, all these companies have research, studies, data. I'm telling you, just click on the links on AmericaRollerDoshShop. Go right through the companies. Do your homework. Do your homework. Do your homework. Never listen to somebody else on a broadcast or somebody telling you something. We can only tell you our experience, you know? Now, but use the code out loud and you'll get those discounts. So with the wellness company, Dr. McCullough, you were just talking about that kit. That kit, there's a, it, first of all, it's amazing because you get all the things in there that everybody was looking for so much throughout this whole thing. And, and still today, we get all emails and say, where do I get that from? Where do I get that from? But you get the ivermectin, you get the HCQ, you get the uh, budesonite, the, the nebulizer, you get all and a whole bunch of things with that kit. Um, correct? The, the emergency kit? Yeah, it's very broad. You can handle anything from bronchitis, pneumonia, bladder infection, yeast infection, you know, an anthrax attack. It's all there. The guidebook, uh, telemedicine help if you need it. The medicines are very long lasting. Just don't open the packages and you'll be in good shape. Malcolm, with the Outloud code, that's 25% off. You know, this is a bargain. And I can tell you this much compared to going in, in ER or urgent care. Just even handling one simple bladder infection or yeast infection, uh, the savings is terrific. And the kits are well-made. People love them. They, they just love the security of having one of these so they don't have to worry if something comes up. Yeah. No, it is, and we've been seeing it. I know people are loving it. And again, I it, we probably, if we had that in the middle of COVID, uh, everybody would have bought it because we were, everybody was looking for that stuff. And because you remember, they weren't giving it out. Nobody could get it anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, they were stopping everybody from saving uh, their loved ones. I mean, it's pretty sick what happened here in society. I'm just looking at the wellness company site right now, and I'm looking at the base spike uh, detox. I want to mention real mm -hmm. quickly uh, because that's the the bromelain and that's the turmeric extract, yeah, of course, and of course the natokinase, which I need to have for breakfast tomorrow. We said, uh, is that right? That's the three and the right, but you don't take it on an empty stomach, Malcolm, not with breakfast. That's true. That's true. <laughs> empty <your> stomach. <laughs> Reprimand now, me. That's good. The, that's good. <laughs> the lead product is Spike Support. Now, Spike Support is not only natokinase, the highest grade, but also five minor ingredients, including yeah. yeah dandelion extract and Irish sea moss and selenium, which the body needs. Yeah. So when people say, listen, you know, I, I, you know, just tell me the best netto kinase. The answer is spike support from the wellness company yeah. with uh, the out loud uh, discount. Yeah. You I'm going to really take some myself and I haven't price. done that, but based on what you educated us with today on that product and what it did, I, that's is really cool stuff. And I, I didn't know that it was, yeah. prophylactically in the way that that 
listener was asking that question. Now, when I said reckless, of course, um, thank you for clarifying that because things get out of context all the time. <laughs> what I was referring to is in lieu of breakfast, because when oh, you mentioned okay. earlier breakfast, you're no, you're exactly right. Because we talked about that earlier in the program. I don't want to mislead people. But yeah, no, no, you can't uh, have um, that on the breakfast. So, you're going to uh, take so, this stuff empty. Yeah. Ma- Malcolm, are you a breakfast eater? Well, I'll do I'll do a little bar or a little something, but I don't eat a lot of breakfast. No, 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 no. Do you? You know, today I had some Activia yogurt. Anybody who wants to help, I like yogurt. Their, okay. Activia is the one that has the cultures in it, though, and it tastes good. And I just put some walnuts in that. I tell you, Activia yogurt with some walnuts, is that shelled right? walnuts. I like that stuff. Cuts your hunger. Yeah. And is very healthy for the microbiome. Many of the, our yeah. fans know I've been sick for two years now. Almost every month I'm sick. I'm working on my microbiome, Malcolm. I've gotten rid of every bad habit now I can think of. And I am keeping track. Can I stay healthy and still be out on the road, work as hard as I do? But wow. I, I just come in contact with so well, many Well, that's the problem with you is you were, problem. right, you were, and you were with everybody. I mean, and shaking hands and kissing babies, they call that, like a politician. Yeah. You know, yeah, not really a that's the thing. <laughs> a lot of contact and uh, 12 colds during 2022 and at least six and one bad one at the end of 2023. 2024, let me tell you what, it's a new day, Malcolm. Yeah. My weight is down after I already I'm in my wow. running clothes right now. Wow. As soon as I'm done with the show, I'm going to go. You're going to rip off a few miles, push up. Set well, up, you've been doing that after the show. Yeah. And I got to tell you, this afternoon, I stepped out of the studio and I went with you'll be you'll be proud of this, too. Peter, but I do this as often as I can. And we walked for several miles, my wife and I. And by the way, Good. they say, don't they say walking is better than running out there? I've heard that from you. Yeah, it's right. Can, you can mix it up. You know, it's okay. just uh, right. it's fine. But I know I, I know, know you're a walker. I'm I love to walk runner. out there. Yeah, but, you love to run. Okay. You love to run, huh? Some people can walk faster than running. My wife is amazingly fast. So you yeah. know, I, listen. However you move it, that's move exactly it. it. Body, get your body moving. That's the mm-hmm. key, right there. Yeah, we just went out before. I, I got out of the studio. I said, I got to get out and walk and walk mm-hmm. a few hours. We did that, and then we took the healthy cell, the immune super boost, the heart, all of that, and the and the and the various health. Uh, uh, things we need, uh, you know, and you do that in between the afternoon before the dinner, like you say, with the empty stomach or whatever the case is there. But anyways, all those products, healthy cell, you get 25% off that first order too, using the code out loud. Remember that uh, there's a lot of great products in there. I'm going to mention our friends at Cofix Rx as well. Uh, that's the featured product. If you go to AmericaOutloud.news, you'll see the big ad. There's always a product we're featuring there, and it is going to be Cofix Rx. So get 20% off that product. They have a throat spray now as well, and you mm-hmm. can use that as well with the throat spray. Another one is Clear. We love Clear, uh, and that is made with the xylitol. The other is made, uh, Cofix is the povidone iodine. Nasal hygiene is important, and the throat spray is also important. And a lot of people are using that with the cold season right now on the flu, and it's helping them, uh, Dr. McCullough. You know, they're doing, they're loving it. It's true. Remember, Cofix RX is your go-to nasal spray and throat spray when you're acutely sick. I mean, the first hour of sore throat or drippy nose, immediately get on it. That's where we have the big impact. Don't travel without it, because let me tell you what, you're on the plane, you get to a hotel room, and you start to get a scratchy throat. You can't be scrambling around to the store to find something. All right, let's pause right here so we can come back and get the questions, get the story, and get jump right into it here. America Out Loud Pulse 100th today. 
Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. When God, through his grace and mercy, gave us free will, the will of the people was to live freely. To that end, we fight for the liberty of all at a time when global tyranny threatens us as never before in mankind's history. This vision is manifest at AmericaOutloud.news, a site for all who cherish free will and freedom. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Okay, we join you back here, my fellow Americans and all of our dear friends around the world. Welcome into the broadcast. It's a privilege to have you here as always. Thank you for joining us on the mission. This is show number 100. It is indeed a milestone uh, for America Out Loud Pulse. And we launched this right in the thrust of all of it when people needed answers to those questions. And it was it was a novel idea. And it was something that was very, very unique. And it just happened. It just, I don't know, it was just interesting. And Dr. McCullough and I, we we come, we developed this show right there and said, he loved it. When I sent you the demo, you remember on it, you listened to it, he said, I love it, let's do it. And then we brought in unique doctors on all the different shows. Uh, Dr. Peter Bregan joined in with us. Dr. Harvey Reese joined in. We had a lot of great folks. Dr. Uh, Marilyn Singleton, who's marvelous, and Dr. Tankersley uh, uh, as well, Stuart Tankersley. So uh, it's been marvelous And uh, when we launched that right there. So we're going to jump right into uh, Before we jump into the questions, rather, I want to take this story on real quick. So, Dr. McCullough, this story, this landmark COVID vaccine injury, this is the Department of Child Protection out of all of our dear, dear friends. We love you out there in Australia. And you guys were hit harder than anybody. Uh, I was saying to Dr. McCullough coming on to the broadcast, it was like the center of hell out there. I know because of all the correspondents that came in here and the people that were just... 
they couldn't get any of the stuff that they needed. The, they were It was being held from them all, and they were being tortured to get these things. Well, something happened here. Now, there was a decision put down where the uh, employer it was is being held responsible. It's quite a landmark case, Dr. McCullough. Tell us about it, please. It's true. Now, employers being held responsible for um, and effectively forcing a vaccine. Remember in Australia, they essentially had a no jab, no job policy. And meaning you didn't take a vaccine, you can't keep your job. Young person was forced to take the vaccine, had myocarditis. The family has brought, they've got a, a younger enterprising uh, attorney and he's pressed the issue and a court has found the employer liable. Saying, listen, you can't force some but in a sense, it's a workplace injury. We have something in the United States called OSHA. And I remember the debates early on. Is this going to be under OSHA? Is this going to be a workplace injury? You know, This is going to need to be revisited. So many people who have suffered vaccine injuries tell me they wouldn't have taken the vaccine, Malcolm, Without unless they pressure. were forced into it. 100%. 100%. Yeah, no doubt about it. So do you think this could uh, this roll over and impact things here? It could. Well, I, we'd first want to see it roll over and impact things in Australia. So more and more cases, there's a lot of excitement. Now, this was uh, carried on multiple um, news stations. So I give Rebecca Barnett credit for breaking it, and I reposted her Substack. Yeah, today. and this decision was just handed down January 15th, by the way. It's just a couple weeks ago. Right. It's just a couple weeks ago. The news is out. I guess they wanted to digest it, get the final court documents. But Let's see what happens. Remember, all of this is new. It's not like, oh, the, the, there's precedent established. Uh, an employer makes you take an experimental vaccine and you're injured. There's ample precedent there. No, there isn't. This is brand new. And courts are going to interpret this differently. Well, Attorneys can use their various skills and arguments. And uh, patients you know, have to have, I think, clear-cut cases where you know it would be something the vaccine definitely causes like myocarditis or blood clots something that's established and uh, listen the tobacco settlement took decades that's right. but when it came it came and it was a lot of money yeah. uh, these vaccine manufacturers have made hundreds of billions of dollars Malcolm, some of that money is going to go back the other way to the victims. It's a great point. But I'm excited to see some of these corporations who, if this stays whole and catches on, would be significant. Now, there's a human rights lawyer out there, Peter Pham. He says, and I quote, the most significant aspect of this case, in my opinion, is that even though there was a public health order in place, uh, this publication, this company found the employer responsible anyway uh, so he, that this is what happened and uh, that, uh, oh, the tribunal found the employer responsible anyway. So, yeah. Um, and so the, listen, listen, it, the fact that that pressure was put on because they were they were threatening people with termination. They were threatening people with throwing mm -hmm. you out of college. They were threatening. I mean, people were threatening all over the place. And like the earlier listener we talked about, threats rape within the families and family divorces and kids fighting. And look at what this did to society. So, yeah, there should be uh, reparations here and something should happen, I think, you know? Yeah, it's, it's certainly gratifying to see. Now, Malcolm, did you see that picture of this guy, Peter Pham? No. He's a he's a cool looking guy. Yeah. Let me tell you what. uh I hope this guy goes on a tear over there and maybe wow. gets some 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 popularity, some you know, some public popularity. Now is the time for some attorneys to step up and get in the limelight. We've heard doc, we've heard from doctors now right. for three or four years now. 
It's time to hear from the attorneys, and it's time to hear about justice. Okay. Justice, uh, liberty and justice for all. Let's jump back into the questions now. This one's from Carol. Hello, Malcolm and Dr. McCullough. I wanted to reach out for a long while to ask questions. I'm hoping this will be addressed on your 100th show. And I wanted to make sure it was, Carol. So here we go. In October of 21, my son, who was 37, came down with the Delta variant. In the small town he lived in, his doctor wouldn't do anything to help him. He even shamed him for not taking the jab and wanted him to take it then, which he refused to do. He was sent home with nothing, eventually got so sick, he was flown to a hospital in a larger city. They gave him remdesivir, and he was eventually placed on a ventilator, and then the ECMO. Uh, 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 though all of, Through all of this, he had a collapsed lung, heart attack, stroke, three types of pneumonia, six blood transfusions. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on here. The trach, the trach, the staph infection, mm. side effects, lost 70 pounds. Mm. Although I lived a couple thousand miles away, I knew the power of prayer and that God is not limited by time and space. Amen to mm. that, Carol. He received a miracle and was able to walk out of the rehab center a week before Christmas. Uh, just, just here. My son had always worked out several times a week, tried to eat right and took lots of supplements, but he has a colitis and also ulcerative colitis mm -hmm. and sleeps mm -hmm. with a CPAP. I'm just wondering if those two things combined is what caused him to be dealt such a blow. Like possibly the CPAP kept pushing the virus into his lungs and the, and his UC dampened his immune system. Uh, I've also wondered if the transfusions he received were from jabbed people, but there's no way to know. You, you see where Carol's going, you know? What do you think? Right, but this case is instructive to show what a slippery slope it is. Yeah. And that's the reason why we, we fought so hard with the McCullough Protocol, FLCC, and others to treat on day one. So a patient with ulcerative colitis who may be overweight on CPAP, what have you, high risk, Malcolm. Those are the people we want to start immediately. You know, Cofix RX in the first hour, nasal spray and gargle, full McCullough protocol, oral drugs, uh, et cetera. Because once in the hospital, now granted, they did a, they saved him in the hospital. What a slippery slope it is. You saw this with your own wife, D, Malcolm. You saw this. Oh, it's yeah. a slippery slope, one step after another. So you're in the hospital. Uh, you go on life support. There's all these blood draws, and then there's ECMO. Then there's blood loss. Now there's needs to be a transfusion. Then you get as you can just see, it's one thing after another. Secondary pneumonias. There's been now multiple papers saying, wait a minute. Once people got in the hospital, you know there was a considerable number of secondary bacterial pneumonias, and I uh, published a Substack on this. At least a third or more of these secondary bacterial pneumonias at the time of autopsy weren't, weren't recognized clinically, so they weren't they didn't get appropriate antibiotics, believe it, in the hospital. They were thinking COVID the entire time. So lesson learned, we have to start early and try to avoid the hospital at all costs for this case. Thank the Lord he pulled through yeah. and he's got a long way to recovery. Now listen, did the COVID trigger a heart attack and trigger, uh, I think she mentioned strokes as well. The answer is yes. The virus is a vicious virus and it does provoke heart attacks. Yeah, yeah. There you go, Carol. I mean, your your intuition is probably correct here. And I wanted to get that one in. It was a little bit long, but it was important to get there. Uh, let's keep going here. This one's from Meg. My 53-year-old son lives in Vermont and was just diagnosed with DVT from ankle to groin. Uh, mm. The doctor prescribed, uh, the ER doctor prescribed Eliquis. My mm. son had the J&J &J vax at the start of COVID. However, has had multiple COVID infections. 
Will Eliquis dissolve the clot? Are there other successful treatment options, medications, supplements to dissolve and resolve the clot? Your thoughts to Meg? Paper by Wu and colleagues from the FDA, Johnson Johnson vaccines, the Janssen vaccine, Malcolm, uh, thousands of blood clots, thousands. About 11% are fatal. And these are big ones, ankle to the groin. My experience is Eliquis is not enough. I haven't seen them dissolve. We're adding on top of that McCullough protocol, base spike protein detoxification, natokinase, bromelain, and curcumin, and even accelerating the doses of these. We have to watch for bleeding and, and bruising. But I think therapy that actually dissolves the clot and dissolves the spike protein is needed. Eloquist, remember, is just holding the coagulation system yeah. in check and trying to allow the body's natural fibrinolytic system to dissolve these clots. And what we're finding is these clots are too big for our own system to clear. That's the reason why we need these added drugs. And supplements. Well, I was curious what you were going to say to that one. I had a feeling you were going to say that I, I, in I instinctively thought that that was the answer for that Eliquis was not enough to cut that mm -hmm. job. Uh, basically what you said there. Oh, I also want to remind all of our listeners here uh, that uh, we're, we don't, we do not give medical advice on this broadcast or anywhere on our platform or network, as is said in all of our disclaimers. And you must understand that you have to get personal advice with your physicians, what have you. This is for educational purposes. And with the kind of question we just answered, I need to make sure you understand that, please. Mm -hmm. uh, it's important everybody knows that. Uh, this next one is from Barnes. Uh, is there research being done on the side effects of vaccine shedding, uh, exhaled uh, saliva, skin, et cetera, from the vaccinated to the uh, to the vaccinated, let's see, different vaccine manufacturers' formulas, uh, from the vaccinated to the unvaccinated, does it inadvertently inoculate the unvaccinated? And will they start to experience in the same accelerated side effects as the vaccinated? In addition, will the numerous unknown side effects be the new disease X? Your thoughts to Barnes. <laughs> A lot to unpack there, but let me say that shedding has been studied, I think best studied by Helene Benoon in France at INSERM. And the most direct examples of shedding are messenger RNA through breast milk, where the baby almost certainly is getting it. That's been demonstrated, freshly vaccinated mothers. Vaccinated women, you know, within the first few days or few months, around unvaccinated women, uh, it, it looks like the periods are impacted. Menstrual cycle, there's been uh, enough, uh, you know, reports of that. That looks like it's pretty solid. That may be spike protein shedding. Anything beyond that, Malcolm, has not been well demonstrated. There hasn't been a single case of transfusion-related either messenger RNA or spike protein. We don't know what happens with the filters and cooling and all the processing. Uh, there hasn't been a documented case through sexual intercourse or casual household contacts. You know, in general, I've told people, listen, you've taken a vaccine. Uh, Brogna and colleagues have demonstrated a vaccine spike protein in blood in about half of vaccine recipients. So try to lay off from uh, donating blood is certainly six months from vaccination. In Switzerland, they're, they're asking people when they took the vaccine, they should be doing that in the United States. But that's where we are with shedding. I, I honestly don't think it's as big of a deal as the unvaccinated public has raised over the last three years. Yeah, I think you might be right. I think we also need to spend some time ahead here on this disease X business, which has now been raised a couple of times in this broadcast. Uh, and uh, talk about the what ifs, maybe. I don't know, right? Everybody's wondering what that disease X is, aren't they? You know, right? it is. But, but the question implied kind of 
yeah. and, and obfuscation or some type of cover-up. And the cover-up is what we see is uh, Deborah Burks was on with uh, Chris Como recently, is, is, is calling everything long COVID. Right. So yeah. if it was shedding to say, oh, it wasn't shedding, it's long COVID. They oh, COVID. wow. She's slippery. Or, She's slippery. Or, 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 oh, it's not a vaccine injury. Yeah. It's long COVID. And Deborah Burks was saying, well, yeah. long COVID can permanently damage the population. I mean, you know, ignoring the fact that the vaccine looks like in every study far more damaging than COVID. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's slippery. She's slippery. Number one. Number two, do you notice those people only go on programs like that? When you mentioned Cuomo, do you notice they only go there in a safe area? That's it. Well, you wonder if they get the invitations. I've only been asked on ABC once. I've actually never been asked on CNN. There you go. Well, you would be hazardous. You, well, let me just say to you, you would be hazardous to their health. Uh, (laughs) I will say this next one's from Lori. Uh, What are your thoughts on tanked Fen fenbendazole, fenbendazole to help uh, to prevent or help with cancer. And what are your thoughts about the ozone treatment? Say household portable machine product called simply O3. Any comments on that? I think those are still ex- too experimental, Malcolm. We need to have organized cancer protocols if that's going to be entertained for fenbendazole, which is an antiparasitic. Ozone needs a lot more careful study. I'm a little bit worried about some toxicity with ozone. I, you know, I know it's used. Um, you, you know, I know that uh, uh, there's ways of of of, of using ozone like compounds like chlorine dioxide to you know sterilize camping water. Uh, but before we leap into some of these um, strategies, I, I think they do need better testing, better trials. Yeah, there are a lot of things like that coming about. You're you're right. People are they're they're hopeful. They they want answers, mm-hmm. and so I understand mm-hmm. that. But your 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 warning is, I think, uh, well well placed. Um, let me get Frank here. Question for the one hundredth. He says, "Is your spike protein detox protocol safe for my sixteen year old daughter, or should we or can we change the dosage?" No, it's safe in sixteen year olds, Malcolm. They're the sixteen year olds are well within a adult body weight, it's fine for them. Okay, cool. All right, next one's from Laverne. Uh, If I understand correctly, to date, there is no evidence that the mRNA from the vaccine goes away. If that is the case, does the body continuously produce spike protein? And do those of us who took the vaccine need to stay on the spike detox protocol indefinitely? Hmm. Wow. Malcolm, we simply don't know. Once we really get to a year or two years on the protocol and we can measure the spike protein, the antibody response, we may know when it's over with. But right now, we simply don't know. We, we, we're in a period of time where we will know in, in a year or two, but right now we don't know. The safest thing is to continue without stopping. Okay. All right. Perfect. All right. So uh, there, we're, we're at the end of the, the time here uh, for sure. And there were some, uh, some more profound ones I'm going to push on. I'll tell you what. We'll make next week the well. It will be the hundred and one, but we'll make that a signature event. I got to push these into that. There's just too many here. Thank you for joining us on the mission here on America Out Loud Pulse. Always a beat ahead. <laughs>